Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to HPAC On The Air, the monthly podcast of HPAC Engineering Magazine. I'm your host, Rob McManamy, Editor-in-Chief of HPAC Engineering. And our guest this month is the newly elected 2022-2023 President of ASHRAE, Mr. Farouk Mehboob. An accomplished mechanical engineer with more than 50 years of industry experience, Mr. Mehboob had previously served on ASHRAE's Board of Directors as President-Elect, Treasurer, Vice President, and Region at Large Director and Regional Chair. In his spare time, Mr. Mehboob is the founder and owner of his own engineering firm, S. Mehboob & Company, based in Karachi, Pakistan. Dairy is also a founding member and current chair of the Pakistan HVACR Society. Over his career, he has been involved with more than 600 landmark projects across Pakistan and the Middle East. And all the while, Mr. Mehboob has also been extraordinarily active in the growth and development of professional engineering support systems within Pakistan and across ASHRAE during his decades of service. This century, he has been a particular advocate of ASHRAE's ongoing globalization efforts, which are now perhaps best exemplified by his own presidency. So Mr. Mehboob, welcome to HPAC On The Air. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure being with you. And, and, and an honor for us as well. So, so thanks again. Um, and actually, I just uh, congratulations on assuming the top spot at ASHRAE this year. I, I, I've reviewed uh, your inaugural address recently, and I encourage our uh, readers and listeners to do that online as well. Um, and I, I will have a link to that with the uh, with the podcast and when we post it. But uh, I felt inspired by your remarkable life story uh, in particular. And I was wondering if you could please briefly recap that for our listeners a bit, uh, your career path, and which now spans uh, over half a century. Uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, after graduating as a mechanical engineer in 1965, I went to work for the local train distributor in Dhaka as an applications engineer. We not only sold equipment, but also offered uh, design. Back then, we were in the slide rule era. Calculators and fax machines had not been invented. We communicated with train using snail mail, phone calls, and telegrams. A couple of years later, I joined Intercontinental Hotels, a subsidiary of Pan Am World Airways, as chief engineer of the Intercontinental Hotel in Dhaka. Uh, I went on to become the chain's regional chief engineer, looking after the maintenance and operations of Intercontinental Hotels in Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and the Middle East. It was a tremendous learning experience. I got to see the high and mighty close up and travel a great part of the world. Besides working on the then state-of-the-art buildings, the Boeing 747 wide-body jetliner had just entered service. Uh, after the breakup of Pakistan in 1971, I moved to Karachi in West Pakistan and worked with Intercontinental there. In 1980, I went to work for myself. For an engineer with limited resources, consulting is a good option. I started in the garage of my home in Karachi with a couple of part-time staff and my wife as the manager and accountant. We grew from a five-person firm to about 30 people by the late 90s. By then, two of my sons who had graduated as engineers 
joined the business and we grew rapidly. We opened our offices in Dubai in 2000. Dubai was a stepping stone to the Middle East, North Africa and Central Asia. Across the region, I've been involved in MEP systems for airports, uh, high rises, hospitals, hotels. We now have offices in Islamabad and Lahore as well, and have engineers deployed in Africa, the Middle East and Central Asia. My business is now mostly run by my sons and daughter-in-law, who's also a mechanical engineer, all active in Ashway. I live mostly in Dubai, and this helps me to devote a lot more of my time to my Ashray family. So that's a bit of a summary of my career path. Well, that's, and thank you very much. It sounds like that, that family has expanded over the years in, in many ways. Um, it also occurs to me, as, as, as far as I can tell, you're Ashray's first Asian-based uh, president, born and bred. That's a significant milestone, it would seem, and even for an organization with such a large international footprint. So you personally have witnessed much of that global growth within the organization, which now has members in more than 130 countries. Um, so when did you first become involved with the organization and could you ever have foreseen that one day you would be its president? Rob, my interest in ASHRAE started about the time I set up my consulting practice in 1980. I needed to understand HVAC design and have access to reference material. The one-stop shop for my needs was the ASHRAE handbook. So I became an ASHRAE member. Now, as a consulting engineer, one needs to engage with industry. So my network of professional contacts grew. The same realization that gave birth to ASHRAE came to the Pakistan HVACR professionals a century later. We needed a platform to engage with each other. So I, along with about 20 other professional engineers, founded the Pakistan HVACR Society in 1994. And we were inspired by the ASHRAE model and applied for membership of the ASHRAE Associate Societies Alliance. By then, I had traveled to an ASHRAE winter meeting so when ASHRAE formed the region at large in 2001, I felt the time to form an ASHRAE chapter had come. And I carried a petition to the region at large conference in Reading, UK. At that time, the region had three or four chapters. Today, region at large has 30 chapters in 16 countries, which formed the region. I've served the region over the last 20 years and been involved with chapter development activities. Europe was also part of the region at large before it was spun off as a separate region. So I've been involved with ASHRAE international activities across three continents. ASHRAE has honored me with the John F. James Award for International Service. ASHRAE has been a passion for me for the last 40 plus years. At Society, I've served on CTTC for seven years, and it's my ninth year on the board. Frankly, I did not foresee that I would one day be the president of ASHRAE. That possibility occurred to me only when I became vice president 
because it's the big step in the ladder to top leadership. I never felt constrained on account of my ethnicity or Pakistani origin because Ash raised a truly global community where race, religion, color, etc., do not count. What counts is our pursuit of our vision for a healthy and sustainable built environment for all. I wish the world were like Ashray. So here I am. Well, I guess uh, playing to that point there or, or, or building on that point about uh, um, maybe what the world can learn from Ashray, I guess, it has the fact that, that uh, today that, that we're all facing such a shared global challenges now from uh, the pandemic to, to, to climate change or the climate crisis, I guess, has that made it a smaller, the world smaller, would you say, or at least that, that engineering community? Rob, the pandemic has brought about the realization that no one is immune. No matter where we live, that we're all in it together, for better or for worse. The challenges we face today will impact everyone. It doesn't matter where the molecules of carbon dioxide and methane are coming from into the atmosphere. Their impact is global. There is an interconnectivity on a scale we've never seen in the world before. Whether it's our complex supply chains or distributed manufacturing, and instant communications have made the world smaller in many aspects and more interdependent. Yes, it has impacted the way we work, collaborate with each other. Not so long ago, work from home was not something that organizations seriously thought about. Technology has spawned an evolution. I have engineers in my company working and collaborating in real time in half a dozen different countries. I believe this is great for the world. It brings people together, unleashing the power of collaboration. The engineering community is certainly a beneficiary of this. I don't think we'll ever revert to our old patterns of work. We've passed into a new digital age, which will define the way we work. The virtual experience is evolving in a manner that is more akin to face-to-face -face environment. This will take more time. The workforce needs to learn the new technologies and ways of work. I believe workforce training will be an area we need to concentrate on. Yes, the world is smaller and engineers are closer. <laughs> and uh, building on, on your own theme there, I see that I guess the theme for your year as president is, is uh, um, I believe the, the title is Securing Our Future. Um, could you please describe that a bit about what, uh, what that's meant to convey in, in, in these insecure times that, in which we all live now? Rob, we've experienced 60 years of unparalleled success. We grew from 72 chapters in North America in 1956 to 200 chapters worldwide today. We're now at a critical point in our evolution. Our past success could lead us to believe we're invincible, but without change, we'll become stagnant. The theme securing our future speaks to the need to adapt, to be ready and able 
to overcome the challenges we face. Whether these are from the pandemic, from climate change, the need to develop new technologies and so on. To secure our future, we must equip our members with new tools, new skills and resources so they remain on the cutting edge of their professions. I have drawn from my personal experience on how this can be achieved. I believe it's vital for us to have strong and trusted relationships across the industry and accurate and insightful information about the state of our industry and the needs of our members. And if we use these relationships and knowledge together with a willingness to adapt, we will be able to secure our future. Now, for relationships, knowledge, and change to work, we need to espouse diversity in its true meaning, diversity of thinking in a welcoming environment, not simply ticking boxes on the race, color, gender, etc. To be more truly diverse in our thinking, there are two prerequisites, transparency and participation. As an organization, we need to be fully transparent to our members and encourage participation to develop the strengths that we need to secure our future. We have a number of initiatives and actions planned for the year to build strong partnerships with our associate societies and industry. We're going to be having a global HVACR summit in Istanbul in October of this year, along with ASHRAE's second international board meeting and the region at large's chapters regional conference. The critical issues of the day which impact our industry and the world will be discussed and an action plan developed. We hope to have these summits every couple of years. To interact and understand the needs of our industry, we're planning on having in the coming year three industry roundtables where we'll sit down with industry leaders in manufacturing, distribution, etc., and discuss how ASHRAE can fulfill the market and industry needs and serve our members better. To make ourselves more transparent, we're going to live stream and distribute agendas of our key meetings of the board and our councils. And we'll continue to work on streamlining our processes so that ASHRAE is more ready to react to the technical challenges and provide the services needed. That's how we intend to secure our future. Well, that's and thanks for for explaining that. And that's uh, that's certainly a lot on on the organization's plate for the year um, and for the future, of course. Um, when you mentioned the uh, the summit coming up in Istanbul in, in the fall, I remember uh, talking earlier this year with uh, the decarbonization task force co-chairs Don Colliver and and Tom Phoenix about that, and they were certainly uh, looking forward to that as a uh, a seminal event in the in the organization's. Uh, um, ongoing um, globalization, really, and addressing uh, uh, the major issues impacting the industry and, and everywhere uh, today. Um, but actually, like in, in talking with with Diana Colliver and Tom Phoenix, both are, are former presidents, and uh, I remember asking them at the time, 
um, at this stage of their career, why they might not retire, I guess. At this stage, I think they're in the 70s. I think you're in your 70s now. And um, you've, you've seen a lifetime of global steps forward and, and, and some success, setbacks and successes and continuing challenges, more so in international relations than, than uh, in engineering, I would guess. But so we, we had recently asked Don and, and Tom about that and, and uh, some of the other colleagues. So, so at this stage of your career, what, what keeps you going, I guess, with the organization? Uh, what, 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 uh, why not retire? Um, what, what keeps you going here? And, and, and uh, um, what is it about the, the, this job that, that keeps you pushing forward? So, uh, Rob, I'm going to confess something. I, I hold the view that as long as a person can contribute and give back something of what he or she has learned or gained, uh, then they've got to be in the game. Uh, I have learned almost everything I know about my profession from Asher. Yeah. Uh, I have trusted friends across the world in Asher. It's family for me. A retirement would mean I'd give up my family. Frankly, I'm not ready to do that. <laughs> But what I've done is that uh, I've reduced my work commitments. My sons now practically run the business. I simply advise them on key points if they ask for advice. And uh, so that, that has been wound down. And you might call me sort of semi-retired from uh, my company's business. Now, after the ASHRAE year is over, I'll have a much lesser workload at ASHRAE. So there'll be more time available for me uh, to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm always reminded of this quote from uh, Winston Churchill um, when he retired eventually after winning the war and uh, uh, being prime minister and everything else in, in, in his great life, uh, he took up painting. And uh, he, he was quite a lousy painter. <laughs> he went to his family estate, sat by the little brook, and did landscapes. So uh, someone asked him, "Why did that?" And he said, "Look, uh, I, I couldn't. I always wanted to be a painter, and I couldn't do it because I had more other important things to do. I had to fight that war and get rid of the world of the evil people, and <laughs> what have you, and be prime minister, and so. So now I've done all that." And I'm going to do the thing I love. And I'm, I love painting. So he became a painter. So me, I love history. I love to travel and uh, go places and interact with people of different cultures, see how people live and so on. And again, I haven't had that time. I hope that after that Ashley year is over, I have more time to do that. And maybe I, I, I will write something of my experiences uh, over my lifetime, because I think one of the things you need to do is is leave some thoughts behind mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's it's important to that that's what i have at the moment on retirement well maybe we'll talk with you a, a year from now or a year, or a year or two from now and see how, how things are going there and we can uh, uh we can help you, you share some of those new insights with our audience as well hey thank you Rob. thank well, you well thank you uh, mr rebu but thanks very much for your time here i'm afraid that's all we do have time for this this month and, and uh, thanks so much uh, for sharing your your insights with us 
and we wish you nothing but success for your year, your very busy year as president uh, ahead of you. Thank you, Rob. And it's been a pleasure being with HPAC and appreciate the great work you guys do. And uh, God bless everyone. Thank oh, well, well, thank you, sir. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you, if you like what you've heard here today, please click like and, and, uh, and share with colleagues. And, and for all of our, all of our podcasts, uh, just visit hpac.com to, to listen to the previous podcasts uh, there at our members only section. And thanks again for listening today. Everybody stay safe out there. So thanks very much.